Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're rarely going to have an easy road to the playoffs, and we're very appreciative of where we are, but at the same time, we have one guaranteed opportunity, somewhat like what we've had the last five weeks. So just trying to take it one moment at a time, get our bodies right, understanding we're going to have to face a very physical AFC North team. That's kind of their brand of football, the AFC North. And we know that if we want to have any sort of success on Sunday, we're going to have to match their physicality and intensity. Bill Center Mitch Moore is saying the first words on that clip, it's not an easy road. Well, it includes a postponement. <laughs> Welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, we're here with you. And uh, breaking from the top of the hour, of course, that the Bills and Steelers have been postponed to Monday, 4.30 kickoff from Highmark Stadium. So things have already shifted on its head, but now gives all football fans the same time window for the next three days. It does. 4.30, 8.30, 4.30, 8.30, And, you know, I got to say, there's no better way to go into the entirety of the scope of the National Football League as the playoffs begin than one of our longtime guests and a friend of not just this show, but our entire station and a friend of everybody, I think, unless they're doing it wrong. Mark Schofield joining us now on the West Her Hotline. Mark, it's been a bit, but good afternoon. How's it going? I'm doing well, Derek. Frank, great to be with you. Always nice when you get a little bit of breaking news just just before you come on the air. It gives us something extra to talk about. But it's it's been far too long. So excited to be with you guys today. Excited to have you back, Mark. I always love talking to you, and uh, and I'm sure everyone loves to be able to hear your wisdom here uh, on on a sports talk Saturday. So, Mark, obviously, we start from the top. Bill Steelers got moved to 4:30. Uh, it looks like it's mostly the fact that it's public safety, everything of the sort, making sure that people don't get stuck trying to get to the game, players don't get stuck trying to get to the game. There's a travel ban that's taken effect at 9 p.m. tonight. But I'm going to ask you, Mark, with the snow probably going to lighten up by kickoff now, um, does this game return to the potential blowout that it should be expected to be? I think so. I mean, as as the week went on and you started to see more of the weather reports coming out of the Buffalo area for you know when this game was originally scheduled for, for Sunday afternoon, you saw not just the snow but the high winds. I mean – 
I think all of Bill's fans started to remember that Patriots-Bills game from a couple of years ago when you've got that high wind situation. You know, as a quarterback, snow you can handle. Winds, it's a but much, much tougher as a quarterback to prepare to play and to play in high wind situations because you just you don't have that ultimate confidence that a throw is going to go where you put it. You know, and I remember that Monday night game, Josh Allen, we all know, among his many, many incredible traits as a quarterback, velocity is near the top of the list. But even on a night when you've got 50, 55-mile-an-hour wind gusts that can come at an unexpected moment, it's going to move the throw. I I remember he had a throw down the right side of the field late in that game to Stephon Diggs, and he did everything he could to put it on the line and get it to him, but it still got pushed out of bounds. And I think if this game was played in that kind of conditions, it would have given the Steelers a chance to keep it close. Now – when you've got a situation where the game's going to get rescheduled and, you know, Allen's going to be thrown in, in a set of conditions in an environment where he's got more confidence and, you know, it's going to be more stable for him. I think it does reopen the door to that Buffalo wind going away. So I think this is a good move for a couple of reasons. Obviously the public safety and the, the health and safety of everybody in the area comes first. But if we want to drill down to the sort of micro football aspect here, I think Bill's fans are probably a little bit happy in a sense because it's going to give them a chance to win this game going away. All right, uh, Mark, real real quick before we get back more into the Bill's talk, um, I'm – you know, browsing on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Um, I will never call it X. That's fine. I mean, neither will I. Um, (laughs) A lot of people are trying to figure out – What's going on with the Sabres game today? Sabres as game, far as we know, it's still going on. Sabres game is still expected for its 4 o'clock face-off. You'll be able to hear that here on WGR as well. Programming yeah. note, uh, pregame starting at 3. Mark, of course, bouncing back to it. Um, this has been such a weird season. And I'm not just talking about that as a Bills fan. I am talking about that on the entire National Football League scope. So I'm going to play a little exercise with both of you here. Um of what team do you really trust the most in this postseason? Mark, I'll start with you on that one because can't trust anyone right now. Yeah, I mean, you honestly can't trust anybody. <laughs> and, you know, on the AFC side, you might say, look, the Ravens. And I think you've probably got the strongest case to say you could trust them the most, you know, given what they've done, given the body of work, given what they did in back-to-back weeks at the end of the season, San Francisco and Miami. I think those were two impressive wins but there are still probably some questions what happens if you know Lamar Jackson has a bad game we've seen that before in the playoffs one of the sort of lingering questions about Lamar Jackson with respect to his resume even though he's probably on the cusp of winning his second MVP is the playoff record it's not what you you know hope to see from a quarterback of his caliber of his you know experience in the National Football League given what he's done this year, you know, in particular, with like I said, on being on the cusp of the second MVP, I think you could make a case that Buffalo is a team that can make a very deep run, given how they finished their season, given the way that they're playing right now. But it's also, I think, important to give it the context that this is a team that, you know, going into the final week of the regular season, many thought, look, Bills are going to be extremely dangerous if they get in, but they still had to get in. And there was a point that there was a point in time where they could have still missed the playoffs, given if things gone differently in Week 18. So, you know, there's still a bit of a heckle and jide, heckle, Jekyll and Hyde aspect to the Bills this season. That I think we have to take note of. But on the AFC side, I think it starts with Baltimore and then Buffalo. 
on the NFC side, I think, yes, you know, they lost to the Ravens, but I still think the San Francisco 49ers are a very good football team. And since the road goes through them, you know, Dallas has been great at home, but has struggled on the road. So I think San Francisco, Baltimore, or Buffalo are the three teams that I trust the most right now. But that could change by, say, Monday afternoon. <laughs> um, Frank, real quick, I'll have you answer I, that question. That's probably where I'm at as well. I feel like the NFC is San Francisco's to lose. Yeah. They they they're they're the most complete team going in. They're the you know for most of the season Brock Purdy was in the MVP conversation and they have a they have you know great a great running back in Christian McCaffrey. They have great receivers with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle and they have a great defense. And and it got better during the season. So yeah, the Niners, I, I I definitely agree with. I worry about Baltimore because under Lamar Jackson, they haven't had much playoff success. I think they've won one playoff game under Lamar, mm-hmm. which that kind of does worry me about their ability to get it done when it matters. But this is also like probably one of their best shots to do it, considering they're the one seed in the AFC. I still worry about Kansas City. I'm going to tell both of you this one right now. I don't trust the Bills whatsoever. <laughs> That's fair. In a season of teams being jerks, the Bills have been the biggest jerks. Oh, they have been. So, <laughs> I respect the answers of the Bills being one of those top three teams to trust. I don't trust them at all. They can do all or nothing. And, I mean, the snow being one thing, we avoided that bullet. But the problem is, I mean, the Bills have oftentimes this year uh, shot themselves in the foot. So, that is probably where I'm going with that. That's probably <laughs> why I put Kansas City in there because they have done it before. They have Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. Yes, they don't have any receivers, but they also have one of the best coaches who knows how to get the most out of out of everything on that team when it matters. Let's flip that to it. Mark, uh, about the Chiefs, they have had a season that is probably dismal by their standards, and... Here they are about to host a Miami Dolphins team tonight. Only on Peacock, by the way. By the way, you got to get, get the Peacock. Uh, but this one's going to be super cold. There could be a lot of fans on both of those markets complaining that this game got moved from Buffalo but not Kansas City. Um, what do you think of the Chiefs here entering the wild card round? Yeah, I mean, to that last point right there, I'm sure there are some fans in the Miami-Dade area that are kind of wondering about that game getting moved too. Because um, we know the Dolphins' record. I mean, oh, for their last 10 in games played under 40 degrees. I mean, two and three games in the NFL in games played under 40 degrees. Five touchdowns, five interceptions, 77.5 passer rated. They, it might not be 40 degrees in the locker room tonight with how cold it's going to be. The Chiefs, I think, will get the benefit of that. I mean, they'll have this game at Arrowhead tonight. I think they'll be able to win this. But my questions come... What happens when they have to go on the road? Because that's one of the things we haven't seen from this Chiefs or this Chiefs run in recent years. They've never had a road playoff game. You know, now you're thinking about well, you know, if the top seeds win, they're facing a situation where they have to go to Buffalo. You know, what's that going to be like for them? Their first road playoff game, and it's such a sort of mirror image of the Chiefs teams of the past, where you know, previous seasons it's been: is their defense good enough? Can they get stops when they need it? Now the defense is. I don't want to say a strength. They still have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but the defense has played very well this year. It's more, what do you get from this offense outside of Kelsey and Mahomes? What do you get outside of the running game? Because the running game at time has been good. It's really the outside receivers, the wide receiver room. 
what's that group going to look like when you get deeper into the playoffs? And so I think Kansas City is going to be good enough to win tonight because of context and weather and things like that. But I do have some serious concerns about what it looks like down the road. Now, you still have Mahomes, you still have Travis Kelsey, who obviously rested week 18, so he's probably going to be in a bit better shape because I think he's been banged up a bit this year, so that should help them. And you've got Andy Reid, who will find ways to get production out of this offense. But it's going to be interesting to see them because we haven't seen them on the road before, and I think we will see a difference, provided they get past the Dolphins tonight, which I think they will. Mark, um, you know, we've been talking about a lot of what seems like potential favorites for winning. Who do you have as a potential dark horse team that could maybe surprise some people and and make a run? Well, I mean, I I think in terms of seeding, I don't think it's going to come as a surprise when I say this, but I think at least in terms of where they're seeded, the Rams could make a run. I think you... Obviously, we know the storylines, what they'll be Sunday night, Stafford coming home, McVay and Goff, and all the storylines associated with that Rams-Lions game. This is a very good Rams team, and this is a very explosive Rams offense, and it's a defense, I think, which is sort of built to cause Jared Goff some problems. And I think with the explosive nature of this offense, with what they can do up front defensively, starting with Aaron Donald, of course, and Matthew Stafford's sort of playoff experience and the way they've sort of reshaped and revamped their run game, this Rams team looks like a group that could go on a run. You know, on the other side of it, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the Flacco story is what it is. It's fascinating, but that defense is so good. You know, 1.43 points per drive they've allowed this year, which is second in the NFL, only to the Baltimore Ravens. Talking about in terms of expected points allowed against the pass, the best pass defense of the NFL, you know, and I think that could be enough where if you get another hot Joe Flacco playoff run, which we've seen before, they're a team that could make some noise in terms of, you know, a wild card team that could go on a little bit of a run. And then just specifically to this weekend, you know, cause I don't think this is a team that's going to say, make it to an NFC championship game or beyond that. But I do like Tampa Bay on Monday night. You know, and that's more a reflection of where we are with the Eagles because this is an Eagles team that was 10-1 and after that win in overtime against the Bills. Looked like they were on the cusp of walking down the top seed and winning the East. Now they're the five. They have to go on the road. A.J. Brown was already ruled out for that game earlier today. Jalen Hurts is dealing with a finger injury, a dislocated, uh, throw in, dislocated finger on his throwing hands. So they're banged up. I don't think the Buccaneers go on a deep run, but I'm picking them to win Monday night. Yeah, that seems to be the uh, what a lot of people are thinking too. I mean, we Derek and I are friends, real friends with an Eagles fan, uh, Louie. Obviously, yeah, you know Louie. You know, yeah, you know Louie. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's he's been just so down on them now, and <laughs> it's crazy just how much their season has flipped. And yeah, AJ Brown's out for for the game so now and i think devonta smith was banged up too earlier in the year yeah, isn't banged, banged up with an yeah. ankle he's practiced but you know he's banged up a bit and now look if, if he's a bit slowed by that he's probably not going to be 100 percent. where's the production going to come from you know defenses you know tampa bay is going to focus on him in the passing game and it just everything feels off you know one in five down the stretch but that one win doesn't exactly inspire confidence when you beat the New York Giants, and even that game was close. And it just, it, it seems like something is amiss beyond injuries. And I'm very curious, you know, if and when their season ends, the stories that are going to come out, because it just seems like something 
is happening in that building that has led to this sort of steep decline down the stretch. Mark Schofield of SB Nation joining us here on the West Her Hotline as we go over all these games here in the wild card weekend. Mark, I'm fascinated by the first game that's going to be coming up here. Houston, Cleveland. The Browns, of course, the story with Joe Flacco having one of the strongest defenses in the league. But then Houston, a coach of the year, in my opinion, in D'Amico Ryans. C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback. They've become a fascinating story after having a full-on tank brigade the last season, only getting to the second pick overall, though, and flipping their fortunes in less than one year. Yeah, the Houston story is tremendous. I mean, there weren't too many people. My good friend, RJ Ochoa, uh, SB Nation, was one of the few that I know of that actually said back in August they could be a playoff team. Most people thought, myself included, that, yeah, they'll be better than they were last year. Hard to be worse, but, you know, they're not going to make a playoff run or anything like that. And here they are having won themselves. And certainly CJ Stroud is going to get a lot of credit, as he should. He's been fantastic. But Will Anderson Jr. has been great as well. Ryan's has done an absolutely tremendous job with this team. And it's great when you're like, I, I think there are two teams that are sort of a year ahead of schedule in the playoffs this year. I think Houston's obviously one and green Bay is another where you've got younger teams that weren't expected to be here, but now they're going to get something that's critically important for their organizations and for their rosters and locker rooms. And that's playoff experience. You know, even if Houston is one and done, even if green Bay is one and done, being ahead of schedule, being that year ahead of schedule, nobody thought you were going to be there and getting that playoff experience to, you know, know, learn what it's like to have the week of playoff hype and go into a supercharged atmosphere that is an NFL playoff game. It's going to be huge for those two teams going forward. And I think Stroud, this is going to be a good test for him because that Cleveland defense, as we said, it's a very good group. They do a lot conceptually with, you know, coverage rotations where they're trying to confuse the quarterback and then they're trying to get you to pause and think and decipher. And they do a very good job of that. They can obviously get after the quarterback of miles Garrett. So it's going to be a very big test for CJ Shroud. But again, even if they lose their year ahead of schedule, it's going to be great for them going forward. And it just gives them an opportunity to build on what they've done this year you know, they'll have the the errors, uh, pick in the first round so they can still add talent to that roster, even with the trade that they made. They're in a very good position, I think, to, to make a good run going forward. You know, piggybacking off of talking about the young quarterbacks and with Stroud, his rookie, this is his rookie year, winning the division over the favored Jags. Um, Jordan Love, you know, they, you know, you talked about, you know, the Packers and the Texans being ahead of schedule. How, you know, how about Jordan Love's play that has gotten the Packers to to the playoffs? You know, you know, I, I keep seeing all the me all the memes about the Packers being like they can't keep getting away with this because now it look now from what we saw in the second half of the year, it looks like Jordan Love is their franchise quarterback now. So how about so how about his play? It does look that way. What's fascinating is I do a weekly show every Wednesday in Green Bay. And I can tell you that the days leading up to, say, Thanksgiving, because they had a three-game stretch where they had three games and a you know, compressed bit of time because they had the Thanksgiving Day game against the Lions. The questions that I would get on each week were, is Jordan Love really the answer or are they going to have to draft somebody? There are a lot of questions about Love going into that stretch. And he answered them with his play 
over November and into December and getting this team into the postseason. And it is amazing, and I know Collinsworth has talked about it and Romo talked about it in Week 18, the way he does sort of have the mannerisms of Favre, of Rodgers, the mechanics, the way he throws, you know, sometimes off his back foot or sometimes with both his feet off the ground at moments and the release, it it does look like he has learned from watching Rodgers, who learned from watching Favre, and it does seem like they've done it again, where they've now they could be in a situation where they've gone from Hall of Fame quarterback and Favre to a Hall of Fame quarterback and Rodgers, and now Love, who does look like he is the franchise guy. And same thing with the Texans. He's going to get that playoff experience now. He's going to get that you know week of getting ready for an NFL playoff game. And Dan Quinn and company, Micah Parsons, they're certainly going to test him. But whether they win or not, this is huge for them going forward. This is huge for Jordan Love going forward. And it does look like the Packers have done it again and found yet another franchise quarterback their third in a row. Mark, I've got one more for you, and I have to do this to you. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I know it's coming. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I was prepared for it. You obviously know what it is, but for those that are not in the know, um, Bill Belichick, the Patriots, mutual parting away is Gerard Mayo being named the new head coach. Uh, what do you think about the future there for New England? I mean, obviously, it's a very uncertain future. You know, when you mutually part ways with a Hall of Fame head coach and somebody that's delivered multiple Super Bowl parents with multiple Super Bowl titles after 24 years, it's an uncharted territory that you're entering. I think the bigger question, I'll, I'll return to May in a second, but I've seen reports this morning that they, they're in no particular rush to hire a general manager, which is a curious decision given that you have free agency in the draft coming up. So I wonder about that approach. I, I'm excited about Mayo. This is an organization that has obviously been excited about Gerard Mayo. They had this sort of succession plan written into his contract. You know, all of those reports that came out, you know, as this decision seemed imminent and then ultimately was the way that they went. So I do think that the Mayo decision and, you know, making him the next head coach could pan out. But I do wonder about the GM portion of it because I do think that, you know, Bill Belichick, the general manager, obviously did some very good things in some of the rosters he put together and some of the decisions he's made. But in the past couple of years, when you have, say, the 2019 draft, where they missed on everybody. I mean, every member of that class is either playing somewhere else like Damian Harris or, you know, Stidham, or is out of the league entirely. So when you are just a couple of years removed from an entire draft class, that you completely whiffed on, that's a bad thing. When you miss on the first-round quarterback, as it seems they've done with Matt Jones, that's, those are two big things working against you in terms of constructing a roster that can win in the, today's NFL. And so Bill Belichick, the general manager, and perhaps near the end of his run, let Bill Belichick, the head coach, down. They need a good GM in place because Mayo's, you know, I don't think anybody's going to say that Gerard Mayo's ready to take on both roles. They need a good GM. Do they promote Macro? Do they go outside? I hope they get somebody in soon, and this idea that they're going to wait until potentially after the draft, that doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies. So I'm excited about Mayo. I'm excited about the future at the coaching spot, but I am a little worried about what they're going to do with the GM role. Mark, I appreciate your time, as always. Thank you, as always, for joining us here um, on a blustery day in Buffalo, but probably much better weather for you down there. No, thanks, guys. Always a blast. Stay safe up there, you guys, and everybody listening. Stay safe, stay warm, and enjoy the football this weekend. Mark, always appreciate you. We'll talk soon.
Thanks, my friend. Have, have a good one. You too. See you, Mark. That's Mark Schofield, SB Nation, on the West Her Hotline. Uh, we've got more guests to get to. Uh, Greg Tomset, cover one, going to join us. Obviously, talk about the uh, shifting of this game to a 4.30 kickoff on Monday. And, um, yeah, I'm angry again, by the way. We're back. I wonder why. Fire's lit. I got something to say about it. That's coming up next here. Derek Kramer, Frank R. Curie on Sports Talk Saturday. You're listening to WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.